0: Welcome back to the Vine Church Podcast. Today, we will be continuing our devotional series, The Gospel According to Zechariah. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at The Vine Church Heart, and we'd love to have you join us over there. Good morning. A beautiful sunny day here in... uh... Odium today, and I uh, hope we can all enjoy um, the sunshine. Um, but we're going to read from Is- uh, Isaiah, no, not Isaiah, from Zechariah chapter 13. And uh, I don't know if you remember the story, the children's book that we used to kind of read to our kids about, you know, how much do you love me? And it was kind of this much, this much, how much do you love me, all the way to the moon and back, and so on. And the question that we're kind of asking in this chapter here is how much does God love us? But more than that, how does he show his love to us? And it's an astonishing poem that we're reading here in Zechariah. And it tells us in verse seven, awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is close to me declares the Lord Almighty. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered and I will turn my hand against the little ones. In the whole land, declares the Lord, two thirds will be struck down and perish, yet one third will be left in it. This third I will bring into the fire. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them I will say they are my people and they will say the Lord is our God. So an astonishing poem. And of course, it's one of several incredible prophecies about the Messiah that we find in these latter chapters of Zechariah, chapters 11 through to 14, Verses which are quoted, actually, in the New Testament, in the Passion narratives. It seems as if Jesus was particularly aware of these prophecies in Zechariah and seems to quote them more than any other, alongside perhaps Isaiah in terms of his passion uh, and going to the cross. So, Uh, Back in chapter 11, uh, we read there, or sorry, chapter 12, we read about the, the man who would be pierced and people would look upon him and mourn. And in chapter 13, we read about how as a result of the mourning of people because he was pierced, the fountain would be opened for cleansing and for restoration. But back in chapter 11, we read about a good shepherd who would be rejected by his people, a good shepherd who the people would become weary of and despise. Now, in chapter 13, in the verse that we've read, we pick up this theme of the good shepherd who has been rejected by his people, but who is going to be struck by the sword. And we read of the extent of the love of this good shepherd for his people and the lengths that he will go to to make them his own. Now, notice in verse seven, he is described as my shepherd, a a Waco sword against my shepherd. This is God's shepherd. And it then goes on to describe him as the man who is close to me against my shepherd and against the man who is close to me. Now, that phrase, the man who is close to me, close to me really is describing someone who is alongside someone else, like a kinsman, like a close relative, someone who is an equal with the person, someone who is close to me, next to me, a peer uh, to me. And so we're having here a description of a shepherd who dwells side by side with the Lord, who has the same status as the man as the man at his right hand. This is the divine human Messiah, the one who was with God and who was God, the one who is alongside the Lord from eternity. This good shepherd who is equal to God. And so we find now that there is this description in verse seven, it tells us awake, O sword against my shepherd, against the man who is close to me, declares the Lord Almighty. And so what we have is a picture here of a sword that has been asleep. It has been sleeping for millennia the judgment, the justice of God has been held back against sin. Now, true, sin has been punished against the wicked uh, evildoers, such as in the time of Noah and so on. But against the true people of God, God has shown patience and forbearance and not punished them for their sin, though they deserve. So, for example, if we look at Abraham, the friend of God. And yet in real time, his sin had not been dealt with. The sword had not been wielded against him. In fact, God had loved him and had him as his friend. This sword had been asleep for centuries, for millennia. God's forbearance and patience. And yet the time came in AD 27 when the sword was awoke, awoken and the sword of justice was executed against the Good Shepherd. It's an astonishing verse telling us that this sword will be executed against the Good Shepherd. As David Barron, the old commentator, a lovely commentator that I love puts it, the sword of God's justice is awakened and raised, but as one writer asks, upon whom shall it fall? Not upon the wicked and the ungodly, but mystery of mysteries upon him who is not only absolutely innocent and holy, but who stands in the nearest and closest relationship to Jehovah. And so we see this astonishing thing and it is more astonishing uh, because of the fact that it is actually God who is going to commission this sword to strike the shepherd. It is God who awakens the sword against his own shepherd who stands alongside him. It is because of the eternal covenant, the eternal agreement between God, the father and God, the son, that God, the father now is going to unleash his sword of judgment against his own shepherd who has stood alongside him from eternity. Why does he do this? He does it for us, of course. He is eager. God is described here as almost eager to awake this sword against his shepherd because this is the fulfillment of all of eternity's plans. This is what history has been leading up to. This is what the book of Zechariah has been building up to, that finally God would deal with sin through striking his own shepherd. And of course, Jesus himself refers to this verse as being about him in Matthew 26. He tells us there that uh, the sword will be struck against the shepherd and the sheep would be scattered. And he's referring to a Zechariah chapter 13, describing it as being relevant to himself as he is about to die upon the cross. And so the whole point of this is that God wants a people for himself. He loves us so much that he's willing to go to this extent to bring us to himself. As it tells us in Isaiah 53, it tells us there that it is the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. It was the Lord's will to crush him, so that he would have a people for himself, as it says at the end of this chapter, so that they will be my people, and so that the Lord will be their. Gods, There's a couple of wonderful hymns I'd just like to quote as we finish. One is um, quite an obscure hymn uh, that I have to confess I hadn't heard of before, but I've now looked it up. And it's a hymn called, "O Christ, what burdens bowed thy head? And there's a verse in it that says this. Jehovah bade his sword awake. O Christ, it woke against thee. Thy blood, the flaming blade, must slake. Thy heart, its sheath, must be. All for my sake, my peace to make, now sleeps that sword for me. The sword is asleep for me. It no longer is there to bring any punishment. It's all been dealt with. And so as we sing in that wonderful hymn, And Can It Be?, Tis mystery all, the immortal dies. Who can explore his strange design? Tis mystery all, let earth adore, let angel minds inquire no more. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my gods, should die for me? Let us pray as we finish. Lord, we thank you that it was your will for your servants, your Shepherds to suffer for us, to die for us, to take the sword of punishment for us so that we might go free and be forgiven. Tis mystery all, the immortal dies. We thank you, oh God, that this was your plan for eternity. We thank you that we are now your people. We now belong to you. Today, may we know that we are yours, that we're safe, we're secure, we're free from punishment and judgment. We belong to you, oh God. You are our good shepherd. You lead us as your sheep, and we trust you and ask you to help us to lead us on, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See you soon.